Welcome back to the On The Volley podcast, uh, episode three, which is very exciting. Uh, I'm Ollie Spencer, and once again, I'm joined by... Uh, Sean Webley. And um, today, we mentioned it last week briefly, but today we're going to be previewing um, Euro 2020, which is actually 2021 now. Really exciting for this, really excited for this one. Uh, we're recording this on the Thursday, Thursday the 10th, so we're only one starting. We're so prepared. Hopefully, if Sean uh, does some wonderful <laughs> editing, this will be up for the first game. <laughs> it will, it will. <laughs> I can guarantee you. Um, so hopefully, you know, you can listen to this, uh, hear our thoughts and hear our predictions, probably do a rundown of, of most of the teams as, as best we can with a bit of research um, done beforehand. Not going blind, and uh, and and then you can you know listen listen at home and see if you agree. Um, yeah, should be good fun actually. I'm looking forward to getting into it. this. Is this is you know something I've been looking for a long for a long time now. The Euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the same with any international tournament really. It was the same with the World Cup. I mean, it was just gutting really last year that it was cancelled for a year, but still, it's this year, so I'm not going to complain. I'll start with a hot take here. Not really a hot take, just a thought I've had. I think England are in a much better position this summer than we would have been last summer. I actually think this one-year um, suspension, I guess, I think has massively benefited England, benefited England because the likes of Mason Mount, you know, this time last year, he just come off the back of a, a decent, decent first season under Lampard. He wasn't playing every game, but he was, you know, made, a, made an impression, but he's nowhere near the player he is now and the same can be said for the likes of Foden, who's got so much more regular game time this season. John Stones, this time last year, wouldn't have got a sniff. So I think, generally, the England are in a much better place and they have benefited hugely. But also, on that point, there are players that are fit now that would have been injured. I'm pretty sure Harry Kane was not making it for that Euros, or Marcus Rashford. So I think, obviously, it was a bit, bit you know, gutting that we couldn't have it last year, but still, every cloud. Every cloud, <laughs> That that being said, with the injuries, yes, those two players you mentioned, I think would have would have missed it. It would certainly been huge doubts. But then this season, we've sort of sort of swings around, and you have got Maguire and Henderson with doubts. But I think I saw a photo today of Maguire, Maguire in full training, so that looks promising. Yeah. Obviously, Henderson came on the last match, so fingers crossed. Certainly for the knockouts, if if England get that far, yeah, and we'll we'll go we'll get straight into that. Group A. We've got Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, Wales. Group B, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Russia. Group C, Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia, Ukraine. Group D, Croatia, Czech Republic, England, Scotland. Group E, Poland, Slovakia, Spain, Sweden. Group F, really horrible this one. France, Germany, Hungary, Portugal. I mean, that is outrageous. Um, There's your groups. So we'll start with Group A, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. League Switzerland, Turkey, Wales. You got any notes for for some of these teams, and who do you who do you, who do you see topping this group? Well, I'm going to surprise you, and I'm going to say Turkey are going to top the group. Really? Because, yeah, I was looking at just the Turkey squad in general. And they've got some really really good players that I th- that I feel like are going to have brilliant tournaments. They've got the left back from Lille, but I can't remember his name. No, the right back from Lille. Is it Selic? Yes. Yes. Selic. He looks good. They've got Yilmaz, who obviously had a brilliant season. He had 16 goals and five assists. See, I've done research. 
and Chalinoglu as well, who's sort of he's sort of been around for a while, but he's still a very good player and he's had a good good season with uh, AC Milan. I do feel that they will finish top. I mean, obviously we've got Italy, we've got Wales. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna hurt, but I don't think Wales are gonna finish second or even third. I think they're gonna finish last. You really finish last? Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at it now, and it's just like. Like I've got notes here, and it's like the the players to look out for for Italy, like Locatelli or uh, Raspadori, who I've got down as a young player from Sassuolo as well. And then I look at Wales, and it's like the players I've got down to look out for a uh, Gareth Bale, which obviously you know is a standard one. But then I've also got like Ethan Ampadu, and I'm just just sitting there just thinking, are we actually good enough to get out of this group? <laughs> I'm not sure. What, what do you think of Group A? Well, I did. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure you've done this or not, but on um, UEFA's website, you can do your predictor, can't you? No, I've seen lots of people um, tweeting screenshots of their predictions, and I, I sort of forgot what I did, but I've come back to it now. My group A looks like this: Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, Wales. Oof. So quite different to you. I mean, I've got Wales bottom as well. I think I do think it's tight that group. I think it's a really interesting group. I do think Italy will win it. I think Italy got a really strong squad. I like Turkey a lot, and actually, I had Turkey second. And for some reason, I switched them to Switzerland. I'm not too sure. I'm not really sure why, because I think they're probably level. I think they've both got five or six very decent players. And then after that, it's slightly questionable. Actually, I'm going to I'm gonna bottle it. And actually, I'm going to switch Turkey now. I'm going to change my answer. I'm just thinking that Switzerland... Let's talk, let's talk about Switzerland for a bit. Um, key players for me would be... Uh, Gladbach pair, uh, Brill Donald and Bolo, who's a really exciting attacker. I think only about 24 years old. And also Zakaria, who's about the same sort of age and has really, really, looks like a really, really good player. Um, probably might, might even get a move this summer. Big move. He's, he's a fantastic player. Can play centre back and defensive midfield, crucially. Um, obviously, Granite Xhaka of Arsenal. Uh, divides opinion, but I think he's a decent, I think he's a solid player. Um, obviously, not a huge fan of him for obvious reasons, but. <laughs> The, uh, your man, Shodan, not your man, your United supporter, but uh, Shodan Shakiri, who, yeah, uh, who yeah. lit, up, lit up 2016 Euros with an incredible goal. Uh, do you remember that sort of bicycle yeah, kick? So, yeah. yeah, it was a brilliant goal. Amazing goal. He's, he's, I think he's still a player of real quality. Uh, those, those four names stick out to me. And obviously, Switzerland have got, it's weird, they've got an abundance of, of, of top keepers. Jan Sommer. Uh, uh, Gregor Kobel, who joined Dortmund um, in recent weeks, um, Berkey, who he might be replacing at Dortmund. So many good goalkeepers. Was it? I can only play one, so that's much use to them. Uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, who not as not the player he was, but still a, still a useful player for them, and, and especially especially for set pieces, could be key. I think they've got a good squad, and I definitely don't think they finished fourth. I think they've got the. I think they've got the players to to finish second, maybe even first. But I think they might just miss out. I think Turkey. Are, uh, I think Turkey are in. This is sort of their, this feels like their time. I think all the sort of stars are aligned for Turkey. You mentioned uh, Zeki Celik of Lille and, and Barak Yilmaz, and um, also I, I don't want to mis- mispronounce his name. Um, they've got another. They've got another Turkish uh, midfielder. Lille, I don't really know the reasoning. They might have some someone in the scouting team who's, who's Turkish. I'm not sure, but they've got they've got a Lille have got a sort of little. Uh, is it Yizitsi? No. Yeah, 
yeah, Yazichi, yeah, Yusuf Yazichi. That's it. So they got they got three quality Turkish players there. Obviously, Lille just won the uh, league title, and I do just feel the stars might be aligning for them not to finish first. I'm not going to go as far as that, but I think I'll switch my answer and say they'll finish second. I'll go Italy, Turkey, Switzerland, Wales. This feels like their time, and he mentions the likes of um, Soyuncu and, and uh, Kabak, who hasn't had the best second half of the season at Liverpool, but he's a really good young player. Mehir Demiral of Juventus. They've got a few fantastic uh, centre-backs. I think, I think they're a nicely balanced squad. they also got a guy called uh, Kochu, I think that's how you say it, at Feyenoord, who's a quite an interesting, uh, more creative midfielder. Uh, Okai... Yakushalu uh, from Kush- West Brom. I'm a big fan of his. Do you yeah. want to talk to him briefly and the, and the Turkey squad in general? I, uh, when West Brom played Man United, I watched, obviously I watched it, and Yakushlu really stood out. And I know he's playing for West Brom, so obviously you've got to take that into account, but he was brilliant. And I do think, the more I look at it, I do feel like my prediction of Turkey to finish first is justified. There's something about Italy I just don't like. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but like, I'm looking at my notes. They haven't, they've lost just twice since 2018. They're unbeaten in 27 games. I don't know why I haven't got them first. It's just I feel like I just feel like Turkey are going to cause an upset. I do feel that, like Turkey are going to go far in the tournament. But but no, as you mentioned, there are a lot of Turkish players that do have high potential and that are actually quality now. I mean, you mentioned Soyonku. I don't think he's as good as people think he is, but I do think he is a good centre-back. But I don't know. It's like, and you mentioned about Switzerland. I'm starting to think maybe Switzerland are going <laughs> to... Go into the top two. I don't know. It's so difficult. That group is very difficult. I really like this group actually. And that, obviously, the first game I think is is Italy Turkey on on tomorrow night, Friday Friday evening. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a really interesting fixture, and that you know that first game could decide a lot. You know, straight away, it, it gives a it starts to paint a picture of how group they could finish. Uh, yeah. I think that's really maybe well probably a second to um, group. The, the tightest and most interesting group, I'd say. You know, even Wales. You, you know, you never know. They've got Bale's had a decent season for Spurs. I think Rodon hasn't played as much as I would have liked him to for Spurs, but he's highly rated by by Swansea fans. I know when he when he arrived at Spurs, he was you know um, viewed as one of the best centre centre backs in the Championship. Um, ben Davies reliable as ever. Uh, Dan out, James out here. Dan James, yeah. Um. Ampadu, obviously, I mentioned earlier, but just quickly on Bale, you're a Spurs fan, so you're going to know it's way better than me. But has Bale been good for Spurs this season? Because like I've watched him and he's had a few good games. It's just I don't know whether he's been consistently good. Bale, and also worth mentioning that club form and country form is is quite different for him, especially. I think he does step up for for Wales, isn't he? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Euros 2016, he was our star player, but yeah. I think for Spurs, I think he has had a good season. He took a while to get going, um, which was, you know, widely reported. He, he had his fair share of critics, and probably rightly so at the start. Struggled to really get fit, struggled to string a few games together. You know, sort of in and out of the team a lot. Didn't really get consistent game time, which just didn't help him. It doesn't help any player. Every player needs, needs consistent game time. He wasn't getting that. His fitness was poor. Um, but he... He got better and better as the season went on, and he finished the season as the player with the best goals to minute um, ratio uh, in, in the Premier League. That is um, best goal to minutes, which 
is impressive. You know, that's that's incredible. He, he had, he fin- I think he finished the season with more goals than Edison Cavani in the league. More goals than Mane, I think I'm right in saying. Uh, he got exactly the same exactly the same goals and assists record as Wilfred Zaha this season, one of Zaha's best best seasons statistically. Um, in I think in about 1,300 minutes less, which is by me. Uh, obviously, it's Gareth Bale, um, so that's expected. But it's not the Gareth Bale of old. But I, I think he's had a good season. The, the, he had a couple of standout games. Lesser in the last day of the season, he got subbed on and scored two hat trick at home against Sheffield United. Um, his one criticism at the, at the end of the season, well, actually, probably two, would be that he didn't ever really track back or do his fair share of defensive work. Um, and also, you could say again, probably fairly, that he didn't step up in the big games when it mattered. Leicester, yes, would be the only one there. But apart from that, he, you know, he scored against the weaker, the weaker sides. Um, but I think he'll be influential for, for Wales. And crucially, uh, him being at Spurs has meant he's got the game time that he wouldn't have got at Real Madrid, I don't think, certainly, certainly under Zidane. So from Wales' point of view, I think that's, that's great he's got the game time. And I think there's reason for optimism, certainly going off the 2016 tournament. Uh, but I just think they'll they'll miss out even of third place, given the strength and quality of opposition. Maybe battle with Switzerland for third place. It'd be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, I'd just like to quickly follow up on your point about Italy, because you said you're. What did you say? You just not. You just don't like. There's just, it's not that I don't like it. It's just something about them that just, just doesn't fill me with confidence. Yeah. Uh, they missed out on the 2018 World Cup, which was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? That might be it. To be honest, <laughs> I'm still clouded by that view. That might be that might be the reason why I feel like Italy aren't going to do well. I I totally get why, and I think the reason partly for that was that they were in a bit of a transitional phase. Then you had the old guard of people, even like Barzagli and Buffon, De Rossi, and uh, you know Marquisio, Marquisio, yeah, sort of players that had been so good for them previously, but maybe in there for sentimental reasons, and they just. But I think. I think Italy, there's reason to be excited about Italy. And I actually have them down as one of the dark horses to go far this year, um, this tournament. I, I, I think Roberto Mancini's come in. He's done a really good job. He's, he's, what he's done, he's nailed down a clear philosophy, a clear identity and way of playing. He's got his system in place and he's got players, he's chosen players that fit the system, which I think is key. He hasn't chosen players, necessarily the best players, uh, although a lot of them are, but he's you know he's he's got players that fit his system perfectly. The likes of Insigne coming in off the left, Chiesa probably do a similar thing as he has done for Juventus in a very good season, by the way, for them. Uh, and Chiesa is one of a few players, a few younger players that I think are quite exciting for Italy fans. Chiesa only twenty three, Locatelli twenty three as well. Locatelli could have could have a big tournament. Uh, is it Bastoni, the centre-back? Is he in the Italy squad? Yeah, but, uh, Inter's Bastoni, he's, um, he is 22. Uh, Barella, Inter yeah. as well. I think Big fan of his. A fantastic player. He's a really, really good player. And he could be uh, he could be one of the players of the tournament. If Italy go deep, I think he could be one of the players of the tournament. Uh, he's, only, he's only 24. They've got a lot of... And, uh, and then obviously people like Donnarumma, 22, I think. Um, they've got a lot of... They've got a really young, exciting core. I think that's the key. It's a good young core now, mixed in with the experience of 
uh, your Benucci's and Chiellini's. Um, you know, so I, I think I think it's well balanced, and, and people like Chiro Mobile who could again, it could be in a shout for, for top scorer if Italy reached the quarters of the semis or even even the final. Um, I think Italy have got a really nice squad, and I think they're really well managed under Mancini. I'm excited for them and I'm excited to see what they're like because, you know, like you say, people sort of forgot how good they could be because of the 2018, missing out in the World Cup uh, 2018. I think people have forgot how good Italy can be. Obviously, got a rich, a rich international history. And I think Mancini's got them playing a, a really good style of football in the system that he he prefers and, and, and a good mix of players. And I think... It's Italy top group A for me, and I think could go deep. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into the knockouts a bit later on. Let's talk about Group B then: Belgium, Denmark, Russia, Finland. I think there's. This is easier for me. I don't know about yeah. you. Put me through your your thinking here. Well, for Group B, I've gone for Belgium and Denmark to top the group, uh, Russia to come third, and Finland to come last. <laughs> Which one? Who's topping the group out of Belgium, Denmark? Uh, uh, Belgium. Right. Wait, did you put Denmark? Denmark? No, I've, I've said Belgium as well. Oh, I, okay. It could be times when you think it is. I don't know. It's so difficult because I'm underestimating Denmark. I do feel like they could do well. Like, they'll definitely get out of the group. I'd be stunned if they didn't get out of the group. Um, but I don't, it's just Belgium. It's just... I'm, I'm so confident they're going to get to at least the quarterfinals or the semifinals. Obviously, they've got Lukaku, De Bruyne, ha- Hazard if he's... Is Hazard fit? Yeah. Uh, which one? Uh, <laughs> Eden Hazard. <laughs> Eden and Thorgan both in the squad. Oh, okay. Yeah, so obviously you've got the Hazard brothers. So I do, it's just such a... I don't know, it's just Belgium seem to be the nearly team. They just always seem to get close and never quite make it. I do feel like it'll be similar. But then also Denmark do have a lot of good players, like uh, Wacky Manderson, the centre-back. I'm a big fan of his. And I, I think you are too, aren't you? I am. Uh, I've slightly gone off him, actually. Oh. <laughs> Why? Uh, he's obviously he's been linked with he's linked quite quite reliably and heavily with Spurs um, for a while now. He's been the sort of one player I think Spurs sort of nailed on to get this summer. I still reckon they will, even with the change of management and and change at the board level as well. He feels like a club target as opposed to a manager target, and I think Spurs have been quite long term admirers. He's twenty five now. I do like him. I think he had a good season for them. He's got a lot, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of good qualities. I just. I'm slightly more sceptical than I was after watching a video, an analysis video by uh, as a Spurs podcast. I'll shout them out called the Etch because the Extra Inch, um, who are fantastic. They do. I'm I'm a patron um, subscriber, and they do a lot of every weekly analysis videos. And they did a they did a sort of player focus video on on Anderson, and they just. I mean, obviously, it's difficult because they, they're going to be sort of critiquing him as opposed to praising him in a lot of the instances and you're showing clips where he maybe doesn't do as well as he should. I'm just not as, a sh- I'm just not as confident in him sort of one-on-one defending as, as I'd like to be. But I do think he's a good player. And what I like about Denmark is they've got, they've got a lot of options. They've got, it's, a, it's a, you know, for a, lot of these, a lot of these teams that have got a strong 11 and then after that it's, it's questionable. I think Denmark have got a lot of good options and, and, and real strength and depth. Um, which They've stands- also got your favourite player in midfield, Hoiberg. Hoiberg, yeah. <laughs> so I've I've um, got a few notes of Denmark here. Uh, like I say, like like Italy actually, they've got a really nice balance um, in experience and 
and exciting young players such as uh, Jonas Vind of uh, Copenhagen's 22, Sampdoria's Damsgaard is 20, and Robert Skov Olsen is 21, all of which are attackers or you know attacking creative midfielders. I don't know how much they'll play, but they're they're really exciting young players and a good experience for them. And then you've got the, then you've got the likes of Schmeichel, who's a fantastic leader, had a really 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 good season with Leicester, experienced Eriksson, who's obviously just such a nice player, such such a quality player. The experience of Delaney, uh, Simon Kiar, um, and then players like uh, Hoybier, yes, and Christiansen, who are both, I think they're both about 25, so, you know, still still fairly young, especially for their, for their positions, and who are just coming, up the back, just coming off the back of a good season for their club as well, which I think is key. You know, I think Denmark, again, like Italy, would be my, would be my ones to watch, my dark horses. There's a lot to like. Um, do you want to talk a bit more about Belgium? Because for some people, they'll be maybe not favourites, but they're certainly up there. They're definitely up there, and they've been up there for the last few tournaments now. And I just maybe maybe they will win it because obviously Lukaku's in form again. You know, he's arguably one of the best strikers in Europe right now. So I do feel like they'll be up there. It's just I don't know. It's there's something. It's just again, isn't it? It's just the the typical stereotype. It's just Belgium. I just don't think they're going to get there. They're just like don't get me wrong. Their players are most of them are world class. Well, in my eyes, they're world class. I mean, even some players like Axel Witzel, I do rate really highly. Um, is Courtois still in golf? Belgium, isn't he? I love Courtois. Um, but yeah, I do think Belgium will be top. Denmark second. The only reason I say Russia third and Finland last is just my knowledge of Finland is just next to none. I just I've done a bit of research, but. <laughs> I don't know, it's just, there are not many players that I know, apart from Timu Puki, really. No, I think so Finland, uh, I think Finland, without, you know, no no disrespect to them, but they, they've done well to get to this point, even, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They're not of the quality to finish above, I think, any, any of the other three. Just, I'd just like to uh, mention, a, I'd, li- I'd like to uh, make my research worth worth <laughs> on Belgium. Um, you mentioned Lukaku being... Maybe the informed striker this season, uh, up there with Kane Lewandowski in terms of individual seasons. He's got 35 goal contributions in 36 Syria matches, 24 goals and 11 assists. So really well rounded, and um, probably his best ever season, I'd say. And I think if he could uh, emulate his relationship with Lautaro Martinez, which was so prolific, if he could replicate that with someone like Dries Mertens, and that that could be really exciting for for um, for Belgium. De Bruyne is obviously slight injury doubt, which could derail Belgium and their their ambitions for this tournament. I don't know if he's fit. Uh, then Belgium would be a serious force to reckon with. I think um, my young star to watch for Belgium, um, you could say Tielemans. I think he's twenty four and obviously had an incredible season, and I'm sure will be influential again in this tournament. But my young star would be Jeremy Doku. Yes, good shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, only 19. Um, I'm delighted he made the first team squad because he's there's. I wasn't sure if he would, and there's quite a lot of other sort of exciting players that could easily have been in there instead of him. But Jeremy Dock is my young star to watch, and it could be, you know, his his breakout tournament. I think um, he moved to Stad Rene last summer um, from Anderlecht and had a good first season there. Like I say, he's only 19, and. Um, 
according to uh, good old FB Ref, <laughs> our favourite, <laughs> favourite, he's in the ninety seventh percentile. And this is, um, by the way, as a general rule moving forward, when I say these stats, this is for players in across Europe's top five leagues and in the same position, right? A positional peer, as FB Ref describe it. Uh, Doku is in the 97th percentile for possession carried. So he's a, a really gifted dribbler, and that's backed up by being 90, in, the, in the 94th percentile for successful dribbles. Um, which is so exciting. Really, really fun to watch. But also, surprisingly, um, he's, uh, he's in the 92nd percentile for tackles which I think is quite unexpected, but might reflect his position in his Belgium side because we know that Roberto Martinez likes to play the sort of 3-4-2-1 with the wing-backs. And Doku could be an exciting shout for that right wing-back position with, you know, with great ball progression, great dribbling, and also really impressive unexpected tackle numbers. So he's my shout for the young player. Maybe, maybe break up play over the whole tournament. Who knows? Yeah, also, just to, just to mention about um, Lukaku, you mentioned he's got 11 assists, which I do feel like is a big development in his game under Conte because when he was at Man United, like, yes, he was a, a prolific goal scorer and that was, that, was, that was never in question. What was in question, though, was whether he was actually good enough to play, you know, the, the build-up role, you know, because obviously a striker nowadays, whether it's Firmino, whether it's Harry Kane, they need to be good at, you know, playing, playing players in or building up all the possession. And obviously with 11 assists, he has improved that massively. So I do feel like top goal scorer or maybe even player of the tournament putting Lukaku down <laughs> he's going to be yeah I think that's a good shout he probably would be just because of Belgium's draw as in the way it might fall I think and the, the fact they'll probably get further than further than the likes of England sadly uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he finished as top goal scorer along some other shouts I'm sure we'll come to later on but yeah I, I agree he's really developed his game I think his hold up play has always been good he's always used his Physicality is his body really well, um, but I think it's, I think the eleven assists reflects his his partnership of, with Martinez, who's you know so good at running on running onto those those three balls. Um, and like I say, I think that could be could be replicated with the likes of Mertens or or either Hazard. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this player for Russia because I watched him at the World Cup and I thought he was brilliant and he's kind of disappeared. But Alexander Golovin, <laughs> he's had a really good season. He's got five goals and nine assists. He's finally living up to the hype from the 2018 World Cup. So I feel like Golovin might be a player you should keep an eye on because I do feel like he was very good in the World Cup and I do think he's a very good player. I don't know. With these, uh, I think I think it's a new thing. The third sort of the third place going through, the fourth best, four top third place, if that, that makes any sense at all. Russia could be in with a shout of, of getting into the last 16 or, you know, quarterfinals, maybe. Yeah, I don't think they'll get far, but... Just keep an eye on Golovin. Finland being significantly weaker in the group, uh, Russia could have a shout of being in those top four yeah. third places. So you never, you never know. But group C is, is a bit a, of a... I feel, I feel like, like again, again, Group C is quite, quite an easy, easy one to, to say who's going to finish in the top two. two. We've got Austria, Netherlands, North, North Macedonia, Macedonia and Ukraine. So now, you're saying that, that's interesting to me. It's easy to say he's top two. because I what, Do you not think so? I don't know. You say you think. You say your order, and then I'll say. <laughs> okay. So top, I'm going to go with Austria. Second, I'm going to go Netherlands. Third, Ukraine, and then fourth, North Macedonia. <laughs> really? What, what's, yeah. Yeah. What's What's your four? Yeah, I just feel like Austria. Some of the players they have, I do feel like they're going to cause a shock and finish top. That's blown me away. 
my, I've gone Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, North really? Talk me through that. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm, well, that's incredible. Okay. Um, I'll talk you through that. So we. So I think I think I'm really surprised you said Austria top. I think Netherlands is an easy top for me. Uh, I think they've got such a good squad, and I think Netherlands could go quite far this year. The the only reason I'm gonna come, you know, I'm gonna talk more about this in a minute. But the only reason I don't say Netherlands are gonna finish top is because of the manager they have. I've I follow someone on Twitter who's an Ajax fan, and he's from Holland, and he hates Frank de Boer. Not personally, obviously, but he just hates his style of play. And Netherlands are struggling in their friendlies, which obviously doesn't mean anything because they're just friendlies. But I just feel like they're not going to do as well as some people think they are. I don't know. So my my reasoning, sort of reasoning, for um, saying Ukraine, I just think, and actually, again, now I'm looking at their squad, I'm so, <laughs> I mind. They're not taking the player that I sort of hoped they might. Because I... Ukraine have got a lot of really, really, sort of unexpectedly, got a lot of really, really exciting young players. They won the under, I want to say under 20 World Cup a couple of years back. They won, they, they won a, a youth, international youth tournament. It's is, is either the um, under 19, under 20 Euros or the under 19, under 20 World Cup. There's a Atalanta um, uh, attacking midfielder <laughs> is it is it Malinowski? No. Um Yeah, it's Malinowski. Oh, no. Exactly that. I, just, I didn't want to butcher the name, I wanted to get it right. I I've seen a bit about Atalanta this season. Obviously Atalanta are probably the, the entertainers of Syria under under Gasparini. And uh, Malinowski I think is a really, really talented uh midfielder who could be instrumental for them. You've got the likes of Yarmolenko who's passed and has, hasn't played a great deal this season, but is still a player of, of, with quality. And then you've got a lot of quite exciting young players, the likes of uh, Mykola Shaparenko, obviously uh, Alexander Zinchenko, who's had a, actually had a really underrated season for City. But you, I don't think Ukraine are as bad as yeah. people make out. That, that's what I'm saying. I think they've got a handful of players that are of the right age. And obviously they've got, they've got um, experienced players like Piatov, who have been around for, for, for years... I, th- I, just, I think they've got an interesting squad. Not not the squad I had hoped for, though, given given some of the young talents they have. They they might be out for injury. I don't I don't know enough about about that. But um, my 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 reasoning put them second was was based off their their triumph a few years ago in a in a youth tournament. So do, do you want to talk me through talk me through Austria then, and why you put them first okay. above the Netherlands, who I think could go far. Um. Okay, it's basically because there are two midfielders that both play for Leipzig, who I who I love them both, Conrad Leimer and Marcel Sabitzer. <laughs> I love them both, and obviously you've got David Alaba. I don't know whether Arnautovic is in the squad. I assume he might be. I'm gonna guess not. We've got Valentino Lazaro, who I do rate highly, but the two midfielders from Leipzig—they are both brilliant. Marcel Sabitzer, I watched him in the Champions League this season and last season. He is brilliant and. If the rumours are true that he's available for 15 million, then how is how has nobody snatched that up like now, straight away? And with Lamer, obviously he's been injured for the majority of the season, I'll give him that. He's only played like six games, I think. But from the season before, when Leipzig got to the semi-finals, like I loved him. Like he's he fits Leipzig so well. He's so energetic. And I don't know what you know, I 
I mean, this could be his tournament, his breakout tournament, where people finally realise how good he is. But I'm, I'm on the Lima train. I think he's brilliant. <laughs> I, I agree. He's a pressing machine, isn't he? He's unbelievable. He really is. Also, he's only 24. He's still, he's still really young. Actually, Austria as a whole have got, got quite a young squad. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you entirely. I, I, those two you mentioned uh, are in my notes. They're, they're, again, players I adore. Sabitza especially, um, who's sort of been linked to Spurs for quite a while. And that now seems available £15 million. I'm kind of confident that he'd get it done, especially under Fonseca, who's uh, the latest name uh, to be pulled up the hat for the Spurs job. I think Sabitza could work, could work quite well under him. Um, yeah, you mentioned Sabitza there. Sabitza, Sabitza. We know that we, we know we're talking about. He's averaging a goal or an assist every other game for Leipzig this season in 24 starts. Um, he's, a really, he's, just so, he's so well-rounded, isn't he? He's a really well-rounded player. He's, really a, he's a real goal really threat. Is. But equally, his, his defensive work is, is, is also really, really strong and, and in build-up. Everything about him is, is fantastic. He's in the 98th percentile for shots per game for players in, in this oh. position. He's in the 94th percentile for assists and then the 93rd percentile for progressive passes, which I think just shows what sort of player he is, you know, both the goal threat and also creatively so instrumental. Um, yeah, and, and uh, Limer again, if he's, if he's, is he fully fit now? I think, yeah, he's in the squad. I, I'm going to assume he's fully fit because he's in the squad, but if he's not, I'll be gutted. <laughs> no, I, I, but, I, I know, I know, he's in the squad, uh, but as that, I suppose that is a slight question mark. But I, I hope, I hope he is fully fit. Uh, just a few, just a few more names, and then I'll go, hand back over to you to talk about uh, Netherlands and, and Austria again a bit more, if you like. Uh, another young player who, who has caught my eye this season in the Bundesliga is um, is Hoffenheim's Christoph Baumgartner, who's 21 years old, creative midfielder. Looks really promising, but he's not alone in being in being an exciting exciting uh, Austrian midfielder. You've also got um, Wolfsburg Xavier Schlager, who's quite he's quite physical, left-footed player, uh, quite profile. I like him a lot, and players like Grilich from Hoffenheim also, and um, and then obviously David Alaba. I'm sure will be key in any success they do have. I think it's an interesting squad. I think it's a really, I think potentially, a really strong squad. Yeah, and I do feel like just to you know finish up on Austria, really, I just think they're going to be very similar to Turkey where nobody's really expecting much, but this might be their time because their players are, like you mentioned, Lima's 24, I think. I'm not sure how old Sabitzer is. Is he 26? Twenty-seven. So he's basically in his prime. So I do feel like this may be Austria's chance, not to win the thing, but just to get to like the quarterfinals, maybe. But um, just on Netherlands, I do feel that the young player of the tournament is in the Netherlands squad, Ryan Gravenberch from Ajax. I mean, this kid, <laughs> this kid reminds me so much of Pogba. It's ridiculous, but uh, I do think he is going to be the player of the tournament, the young player of the tournament. I do feel like he's going to be the breakout player. Um, yeah, if he plays. I do feel like he might, though, because Donny van der Beek is not in the squad. He is injured. He is not in the squad. So I do feel like he might get more games. Um, obviously, you've got the usual suspects, you know, De Ligt. 
It's a big shame about Van Dyke. I thought he might have been back in time for the Euros. I'm not sure how long he's been out for. Like nine months, I think. But I thought he might have been back. Um, yeah, I mentioned Delict. I is t- is Tim Krul going to be in goal? Is he going to make a re- return for the penalties? <laughs> well, he's in the squad. So you, you never know. Oh. I'd imagine it will be. Um, is it Sillerson? I could tell you what. Going off the squad, it, it could be Krul. The, the other options are um, Martin Stecklenburg, 38 years old now. Or um, Marco Bizu, who's who's thirty as well. And as as for the senior squad, it's strong, isn't it? But like you say, Van Dyke's absence could, I think, will be apparent and therefore to see, you know, that that really shatters any of their hopes. Um, but they they still got a strong squad, and the, you know, this is a good chance for De Ligt to step up. I think this is a big tournament for him. He could even be in a shout for young player tournament if he. Very true. Very true. So he, you know, he's still only 21. He feels like he's been around for ages, but he's still only 21, which is insane. Um, a few other quite young players alongside alongside Gladenberg, who I love, and I think you're right. Could be if he plays, it could be easily be a young player. Owen Vindal of uh, of RZ Alkmaar, another and his RZ teammate, um, Toon Coop Miners, got a got a call up to the senior squad. I'm really pleased about. He was. I watched him again in the Anthony One Euros, and um, he wasn't. You couldn't blame knockouts because of his because of his call up to the senior team. Frankie De Jong as well, big tournament for him. I'm sure he'll be, be a key member in, in that midfield. Uh, Denzel Dumfries, I think, is an exciting youngish player, 25 now, but a, a strong right back in going forward and defensively. And Cody Gakpo as well of PSV, only 22, I think, is, is, is could be a really exciting. Um, player I, do, I don't expect him to play a great deal sadly but again a good experience for him I like I like the Netherlands team a lot and I do back them as top group C and get quite far in the tournament yeah and just to mention about Cook Miners apparently he's heading to Atlanta don't know why nobody else is taking a shot on him because I do feel like he is going to be a very good player in the future but just thought I'd check that in um, wh- what do we say about North Macedonia because I don't want to be disrespectful to any North Macedonians watching. I suppose we can talk about them briefly, shouldn't we? I mean, we, we're both in agreement that they'll finish bottom. Yeah. 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 I think it's another one of those, like Finland, where they've done well to get, this, to get, to, get to this point. I'll oh, yeah, yeah definitely. My knowledge on them isn't overly strong. <laughs> Outside my knowledge on them is non-existent. <laughs> Outside of Leeds is Alioski, who's, yeah. who's a good player, you know. Um, and and also Pandev, can you believe it, is, is the captain. Is that... Is that- Goran Pandev. Goran Pandev, still going. Blimey. He's the captain. Um, I expect him to play. Uh, Rostovsky is a, a, quite an interesting right back. Um, there's, there's, and then they've got two midfielders who I think would be, if they have any chance of getting out of the group, it'll be down. These two will be key. Elif Elmash, who is only 21 and plays at uh, Napoli. He, he was at Fenerbahce, I think, before when they moved to Napoli a couple of years ago. He's he's quite an interesting player. He's he's scored a couple of big goals in the, in the in their qualifiers. I really like him. He's quite a dynamic midfielder. And the other one would be uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, Bardi, I think Bardi, who's yeah, at, yeah, and, yeah. I think yeah, he's at Levante. He's again quite an, quite an interesting player. I don't actually know what system North Macedonia play. Um, and I'm also not sure where Alex plays for them. I know he, I know at Leeds he's well obviously a really versatile player, which is one of his biggest strengths. But um yeah, I, I would say those two 
in midfield would be key to any any success they have. Bardi and Elmash. If but I, I don't see them getting anything above fourth. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a chance for the players though to put themselves in the shot window. You you mentioned Almas. So it could. Group D, we've got Croatia, Czech Republic, England and Scotland. Well my prediction anyway is England first, Croatia second. Scotland third, Czech Republic fourth. What what's your prediction? I have gone I mean the the draw isn't kind to whoever topped Group D. Um, I believe the, the winner of Group D faces second in Group F, which is going to be one of Portugal, France, or Germany. No, none of those are nice. It's not a nice draw at all. Uh, and so, so for that reason, maybe slightly unrealistically, but you know, I've sort of n- knowing that knowing that draw, I've sort of tried to be logical, and, and I've, I've gone for Croatia top. I think it's I think it's doable. Croatia finish top. They've, they've got the quality. Okay. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't be a total surprise. But I think England probably should top the group. But, but, but for that reason, for the draw reason, I'm, I'm sort of being slightly uh, unrealistic and optimistic in my in saying England will finish second because then they then they avoid that horrible draw. So I've so I've gone Croatia, England, and then I've actually gone Czech Republic and Scotland to finish bottom. Um, and here's why. I'll I'll talk about Czech Republic briefly if you'd like, and then you can talk about Croatia. Does that work? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Go for it. Uh, I think people are slightly underestimating the Czech Republic. I think I think I wouldn't go as far as saying I wouldn't go as far as saying the Czech Republic are being slept on, but I do think that they're being just a bit too easily dismissed. You know, people are saying oh, that's you know they brushed aside with ease by by all the other teams, and I just don't think that's the case. They've got a strong spine of players. Who had really good seasons um, in their in their domestic leagues? Uh, the likes of Thomas Suchek, obviously, is the the name that everyone is probably most familiar familiar with now, and also, and Vladimir Sufal, also West Ham. Uh, and the, but also, you've got the experienced technical midfielders like uh, Darida, who I think uh, plays at Hertha Berlin. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. right. Jankto, who. I know last checks was at Udinese. I'm not sure if he is still. Um, maybe Sampdoria now. Actually, I think he is. So, uh, but two, two, like I say, two technical midfielders with with good experience. Um, and then, and then, and then a younger player like Alex Kraul, who plays at Spartak Moscow, who's quite an interesting player. Again, he, he's he's more defensive than the other names. Um, I think I think he I think he can even play uh, at centre back actually, but usually usually defensive midfield. He's, he's only 23. Uh, but the pick of the bunch uh, in terms of exciting players would be Adam Hloschek. Uh I'm not sure it's a name you, you're familiar with. Um, he's a bit no, of, no, tell me about him. He's a bit of a um, bit of a sort of FIFA wonder kid, football manager wonder kid. Sort of Twitter. Oh, okay. Hipster Twitter favourite. <laughs> <laughs> he plays in the... Uh, in the Czech League, um, for for Sparta Prague, and um, he's a really dynamic, quick forwards. Uh, can play on either wing, but I'd imagine will play down the middle. Um, 
to the Czech Republic in this tournament. Um, that's where he's played a lot of his a lot of his games this season. But he is he is versatile, like I say, and he's only eighteen, only recently turned eighteen as well. Um, he's he's a really really exciting player who I imagine will get a big move this summer, or will certainly attract a lot of interest this summer. I don't know how much for maybe around the maybe around the thirty million mark. Hard, hard to know with the COVID with the COVID oh, mark. 20 to 30 let's say yeah um, he, he's a he's a really really excited prospect and, and i hope he plays because i'm looking forward to watching a lot more of him um in this tournament uh but just to go back to uh thomas suchek i mentioned earlier um he's just had a crazy season i don't think people quite realize how good his season's been and how and what a good player he, he really is um he so he started every single game for West Ham this evening, he started all 38 games, played all 38 games. I'm not sure he played every minute. I think he might have just, I think he might have just um, missed out on, on he's near, near enough every minute, certainly played every game. Uh, so in, incredible uh, stamina he's, he's, he's shown this season. Um, he's, he's scored 10 goals and got one assist uh, from central midfield this season in those third, that, that's in the league and uh, for his position he's in the 98th percentile for non-penalty goals and is in the 99th percentile for clearances and for aerial for aerial duels one 99th percentile for both of those and that that is helping uh that is helped by his height. And they've got a nice blend. Like I say, they've got the physical players like Suchek, Sufau, the technical players like Dorida and Jankto, uh, and Crow. Crow's quite a nice mix of being physical and, and quite technical. Um, and, then, and then the exciting pace up front of, of Adam Hoschek. And I just, I just think that people shouldn't dismiss them as easily as they, uh, they probably are. Um, pro- and I, I, I get why, because you know, previously... Done a great deal. They're not. They're not a nation that's in recent years been been one to look out for. But I I put them third for that reason. I think I just think they've got a slightly more quality than Scotland. I think they've probably got a a better, stronger squad. But I and it's 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 close between the two of them. Do you want to talk about a bit more about Scotland or, or someone else in this in this group? Uh, I'll talk about Scotland because. Obviously, we've got a lot of Premier League players. We've got Andy Robertson, we've got John McGinn, we've got Scott McTominay. Um, my, it's not really an issue with Scotland. It's just there are a lot. They have a lot of good players. You know, I just mentioned three there, and I do think McTominay. This may be a bit random, but I do think he's going to have a good tournament if you know if they can get out of the, the group. But obviously, I John McGinn. People don't seem to rate John McGinn. I really like John McGinn. Um, he's a very yeah, he's very energetic and he's very, I don't know, he's just very in your face. And obviously that midfield three at Villa works really well, but, you know, on for another time. Um, <laughs> but obviously, you know, Robertson, I think Robertson's the captain, isn't he, for Scotland? I'm pretty sure. I think I think he is. Um, I don't know, it's just so, because that, like, with Croatia as well, like, as well as Scotland, we've got Croatia. And Croatia, I feel like the World Cup in 2018, that was their... That was their prime time. That was the time that they had to win it. And obviously they got to the final, but they, they didn't deserve to win it. But they do have a lot of good players. They've got Orsic, which I'm sure as a Spurs fan, you remember a lot about him. Yeah, I, I, it's a name I tried to forget. 
<laughs> you've got Marcel Brozovic from Inter Milan, who I rate very highly. I think he's very good. But you've also got Ante Rebic, who had a good World Cup, if I remember correctly. Um, you've, you've still got Dejan Lovren, which is a bit concerning, considering his his exploits in the Premier League. <laughs> um, I think in gold, you've got Dejan Livakovic. I think that's his name. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's really good as well. Um, I don't know. It's just whoever's going to finish top of this group, I feel sorry for. Because you've got to play one of France, Portugal or Germany, really. It's a weird one, isn't it? You sort of... <laughs> you could be watching... <laughs> Matches think you might, you might be watching England or Croatia, thinking try, trying to lose a match. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just finish up on um, on Croatia quickly because I think it's an interesting one because obviously, like you say, they got to the final in twenty eighteen, probably unexpectedly, unexpectedly. I'm not sure people, I'm not sure many people would have predicted that. But I just think they are they're in a bit of a transitional stage, uh, sort of like. Um, Sort of like I was saying, Italy were uh, a few years back. I think Croatia is in a similar boat now. You've got the likes of Modric, who obviously will be key uh, to any success they have and, and will be at the heart of all things good. But he's 35. Um, and they've got, a, they've got a lot of ageing players in that squad, uh, which I think is a concern. But equally, they've got some really interesting young players coming through. So, but I just think they're slightly caught in limbo now. They might, they might, in the next Euros, I could see them having a real resurgence and doing really well. When when these young players that are coming through now have established themselves a bit more, you know, three years time, I think I think I could see them doing well then. But I just think now, I think I think they definitely get out of the group because they've, they've got the quality, like I say, Modric and and a lot of these young players have a lot of quality as well. But I don't think they're going to get anywhere near as far as they did. Um, in 2018, um, just because of the players, players then like like Perisic and Rakitic and, and Mandzukic, all slightly past it now. I feel they're not they're not in the squad, are they? I don't think. Oh, but you mentioned about the age of the players, and I think it's a catch twenty two because you can look at it one way and be like, the players are older now. You know, are they going to be as fit? Are they going to be able to keep up with England or Scotland, even or even Czech Republic, as you mentioned, with a good mix? But then you could also look at it and feel like they got to a World Cup final. Some of the players got to a World Cup final, so maybe that experience might help them throughout. I mean, but I do I do agree with you. I I do think Croatia will get out of the group. Oh yeah, they've got they've got they've got too much quality not to. The, the likes of Modric, I have just checked, and Perisic is in the group, and he's still a good player, but it's not not the player he was. Uh, Matteo Kovacic is obviously a, just a a supreme player who's had a fantastic season at Chelsea. I really really like him. Um, and I, I'll just talk briefly, and, and you mentioned Broz, Brozovic, who I, again, love, and I think he's really underrated uh, in that Inter Milan side. Um, I'll just talk briefly about a few of the young players coming through then, or at least not, not coming through, but perhaps new faces to a lot of people who weren't, who weren't in, that, in that 2018 squad. You mentioned Livakovic, who actually, actually is 26. I thought he was a really young keeper. He's 26, right. but he's, he still feels like he's fairly new to things. And obviously for a keeper, that's uh, still a, a very healthy age. Um, Marseille's uh, Chaleta Carr, uh, I think I think that's how you say it. I mean, I've probably butchered it. Chaleta Carr, Chaleta Chair, I don't know. I he's, think you're right, Chaleta Carr. Yeah. He's 24 
and a really interesting profile. Again, a good, really good on the ball, a nice uh, long passer. Um, uh, also, a, a tall, really tall, good presence, physical. I really like him. Uh, and I'd imagine him to start pretty much every game, probably alongside Lovren, maybe. I'd be disappointed if he didn't start most games because I think I think he's fantastic. And then you've got two inexperienced but really interesting players. Both play on the left side. Both can play at, at left back and left centre back. One plays for Lille. That's that's Braderich, who I saw in the under twenty one Euros, the twenty one. And uh, and also I think a late call up was this guy uh, Gvardiol. Again, pronunciation probably way off there. Uh, uh, he was a late inclusion to the squad, I think. He's only 19, but has caught the eye of Leipzig, who snapped him up uh, earlier this year uh, or, or late last year. So he, he's joining Leipzig, and he, I think he could be another name in a few years' time. You think, God, this you know this Leipzig improvement is insane. Where do they find this guy? He's at Dynamo Zagreb, as many of these players have, have come through at. And he's, I really, really like him. And I'm excited to see how he does at Leipzig. Hopefully he plays and, again, joins that long list of names that have been plucked out of nowhere seemingly uh actually he's gonna i don't know how he's gonna play this this tournament but um exciting all the same and uh, a bit further forward you've got a guy called vanisic who's a quite interesting player again quite well rounded and probably one for the future but a player a player for both future and present would be vlasic uh, of cska moscow who's 23 he's a ex everton player Attacking midfielder, quite physical, but also really good in the ball. Uh, he's and he's he's stepped up. He's really stepped up this season. I think this season, especially, he's he's taking this game to a new level and um, is starting to uh, put up some really good numbers and and you know output. Um, so he, he's a, he's one that I think will play a big part in for Croatia this tournament. I hope, and also like I say, twenty three and for the future as well. Um, so yeah, I think Croatia would definitely. Either first, either first or second for me, and um, I guess we should talk about England briefly. Obviously, last week we did sort of speak about them yeah. slightly. Uh, I think. Oh no! You, you 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 take the floor here, being being Welsh. So yeah, as you mentioned, we did talk a lot about England last episode. So if you haven't seen that, go watch it. Shameless plug there, but um, no, England is a very it's a difficult one because obviously. We got Southgate in charge. He got us to a semi. Well, he got us. He got England to a semi-final last time. Um, we've got a lot of young, talented players that we have to utilize. If Jude Bellingham is not starting, or at least in and around the squad, I will be surprised. Obviously, Foden's going to play. You know, Sancho's hopefully going to play. You know, we've got Declan Rice as well. Um, England. If you look at the players, they should go far. It's just, I don't know, but England should top the group. Really, I mean. That's all, all I really can say, really. It's just the England squad is so good, barring a few weaknesses, mainly in defence, which is well documented. But no, I do think they'll get they'll get close. I just don't think they'll get as far as they did last time. Oh, yeah, like this squad is miles better yeah this squad is miles better than the world cup in russia but i don't know it's just the defense it's that defense is worrying me if Maguire's fit then okay 
that's fine. It's just, I know I'm beating this drum a lot, but Maguire is their best defender. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. No, and I know Stones has had a good season at City, but Maguire just, he is the best defender for me. Um, it's just, again, it's similar to, who is it I watched? Similar to Netherlands. I just feel like friendly games, for me anyway, give an indicator of how we're going to play in the in the real thing. I just feel like in the last two friendlies, England have just been a bit poor. They've just been a bit... There goes my ring. They've just been a bit poor and just a bit lackadaisical and just not very energetic. What are your thoughts? What I would say with, with your last point there about uh, the sort of slight um, lethargy in, in, in the two friendly games, you were missing a lot of the, of lot of the players that, that would definitely start you know, I don't think Mount played a single minute. Foden didn't play a single minute. Sterling, um, Stones, James. You know, a lot of players you're missing there. That, you know, came back, came into camp late. And also, you, you say that the, the friendlies give a good indication. I, I would generally agree with you, although I'm surprised that Southgate played a flat back four in both friendlies. And I would expect, I, I just have assumed, not assumed, but I think it makes sense in some ways to stick with the back three, especially if Maguire's out. And I know that yeah, means and I, sacrificing, I know that means sacrificing some talent further forward, but I, I'd be surprised if he didn't go for a back three. I really would. Yeah, yeah and, I and I think, think you mentioned, mentioned there. It's, it's, it's mainly it is based, based on what Maguire does. Maguire's fit, you play back four. If he's not, you play back three. But formations, formations you, know, you know, that's what the, the friendlies are for, really. They're just for, to test formations to make sure they work and to make sure they work well. And I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just, just so, so difficult, difficult because also, also I, need I need to mention Jack, Jack Grealish because he needs to be playing or starting games because he was brilliant when I watched the friendly. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. brilliant. I don't know yeah. what your thoughts, what your are, thoughts are on him, but I just love, I just love him as a player. player. I, just I just think, think he could be. He could be. He could be our Gascoigne. England's Gascoigne, should I say? Yeah, we said, but Foden's one side his hair. Yeah, good point. Sort of half fun, comical, but also quite interesting is. After each friendly, I'll see on Twitter someone say, oh, this, this person, first name on the team sheet, he's nailed on. Like Bellingham, I saw, was first name on the team sheet. Mount, first name on the team sheet. Foden's got to be first name on the team sheet. Grealish has to start every game, first name on the team sheet for me. And obviously you can't play. Well, yeah. I don't think yeah. you can play all of those players. They're not, they're not all first name on the team sheet. Um, so it will be interesting to see what he goes for in the in the first in the crochet game, obviously there'll be rotation. Not everyone's gonna it's not gonna be the same eleven for each game. But the squad, I think I think you have to assess the squad with these what we're doing here as opposed to what would like be a likely first eleven. The squad is so strong. Um you could argue a little inexperience, maybe the World Cup will have a better chance next year, uh, next winter. Because by that point, you know, everyone's another eighteen months down in their in their development. But this does feel like a much stronger squad than the last two tournaments. Um, and on paper, England should be really pushing and, and at least matching their, their finish in the World Cup. But, and the big but, is, is the draw. That's something, out of, that's something out of their control, out of our hands. The draw is not kind to Group D at all. And I, just, I just think, yes, they're strong, are they mentally in a place to to? Are they are they? I think I think they might just fall short of Portugal and France 
probably even Germany on the mental on the mental side of it. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. It's it's an exciting. If if they can get past those three I just mentioned, they're in for a real chance. Because after that, it's then it's not a clear road ahead. But you're then into opposition that you're yeah, more, yeah. you're you know level playing field or even slightly better than. Um, but England, you you, you never know. again is is an interesting one. I think again like uh, Group C with North Macedonia and Group D with Finland. I think there's a clear standout that will finish bottom for me here. Well, I just think Slovakia, I mean, they've got Milan Skriniar from Inter Milan, who I think is a brilliant defender. How he said, I thought he would have gone to, I think there are rooms with Spurs when <laughs> um, rumours with Spurs, rooms with City before, I think he's a brilliant defender. Captain material. I mean, he reminds me so much of Vidic. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's, well, no, he's not even Serbian, is he? But no, he's, I just think he's brilliant. I just think he's brilliant. Um, Marek Hamšík as well. He's still playing, although he's. I'm, I hold my hands up. I didn't realize that Hamšík was in the squad still. Yeah, yeah. Um, Plays a big he, part. Yeah, obviously he's captain. Yeah. Actually, he's only. Yeah, I mean he's kind of disappeared from the European scene because he's playing in China. But yeah, but then I mean you've got Sweden. Who, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at some of the players that I've noted down here. Obviously, I've noted down Lindelof because I'm a United fan, so I've got to mention Lindelof, and then. Dejan Dejan Kulazevsky, is that his? Yeah, and Alexander Isaac, yeah. I think they could be outsiders to finish second. Maybe maybe Sweden and Slovakia are comparable in the sense that it's probably a weak squad, but then with three or four players that stand out. Yeah. I just think that Sweden's three or three or four players that stand out is stronger than Slovakia's. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. Slovakia players that stand out for me would be Stanislav Lobochka. Uh, Lobotka, Lobotka. He, he, I liked him at uh, Celta Vigo. I saw a bit of him there. He stood out to me there, and he joined Napoli uh, fairly recently. I think Napoli got a, Napoli got loads of central midfielders. It's a weird sort of collective mix, actually. Um, but Lobotka's twenty six. Uh, I like him a lot. Like you, like you say, Hamšík. Um, David Hanko is a, is a is a young left back who's quite interesting profile. Milan Skriniar, obviously, for me. The, after this season, I think last this time last year a different story. It wasn't quite where he is now, but this season has such good seasons, really developed and progressed. He's probably for me top five centre backs in the world. Ooh. I just said that without thinking. I'm going to move on before, before it's questioned. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and um, Martin Dubravka of Newcastle, yeah. oh, incredible keeper. I love him. He makes uh, you know year in year out. He's he's well up there for save percentages and most saves in the league. He's so good. Uh, so actually, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But I just think the quality of players like you've mentioned, uh, Alexander Isaac especially, is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. But just quickly on Isaac. He's got 17 goals and two assists. I mean, he is a brilliant striker. I think he, along with Gravenberg, he could be the young player of the tournament. So I do really rate him. And I think Arsenal are after him as well, which would be a bizarre move, really. Yeah. Um, Along with him, you've got Dejan Kulazeski, who uh, has been at uh, Palmer, uh, came through Atalanta, actually got a really underrated academy, then went to Palmer on loan twice, uh, one from Atalanta and one from Juve, where he's now at. Um, I really like him. Left-footed right-winger, He's sort of like, oh, I don't want to say like Bale, that's sort of lazy, it's a lazy comparison, but he's 
the way he can stroke the ball into the far corner, get that sort of wrap around it. He's got a, such a nice left foot. I really, really like him. Um, far from the finished product, he's only 21, I can say, but exciting player. They've got a few, a couple of exciting players, most notably Isaac and Kuliszewski, but generally as a squad, they're, weak, they're, probably, they're probably at their weakest they have been for quite some time. Not helped by the um, sort of weird situation with Ibrahimovic when he retired, came back came to back. the up and then got injured, which is really unfortunate. But he, with him, that they probably would have had more of a solid shout for, for, for getting through. Um, Poland. Obviously, they've got Lewandowski. I mean, as you mentioned, I think he is probably the best striker in the world, along with Kane, before you jump down my throat. Um, mm. But they've also got Zielinski from Napoli, who I do think is a very good player. Um, my knowledge on Poland isn't great, I'm going to be honest, so you're probably going to have to rescue me here. But I think it will be Poland will finish second or, or third. I think they might be like the best third place side. They'll be one of those that go through to the next round. I, for, for Group E, I've gone, I've gone Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia. So I, I agree with Poland being a strong, really strong third place. Yeah, third and second for me just keep switching around. I can't decide who's going to finish second or third. It's it's a tight group. It's it's not it's not similar to Group A actually, with the Group A being um, for those that have forgot because it's quite a long time ago now. Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, Wales. It's not dissimilar in terms of uh, each side. Well, those yeah. sort of second, third, fourth side all have. A few good, a few sort of stand-up players, and then one Italy being the, the same as Spain and having a yeah, certainly yeah. historically really strong. And all I would say this current. Spain, I was just going to say I don't think they're that good. <laughs> isn't up? Isn't up? Well, well, not not they're, 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 they're that good. good. I think they're, I think really, they're really good, 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 but they're not. They're not like Spain, Spain, Spain 2010 level good. Yeah, they set the bar high ten years ago, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They've got. It's still a strong squad for sure. Yeah. Um, just to give a few names off the experience of people like David Haye, Aspil Equator, Sergio Busquets, um, Koke, Thiago. You know, um, it, it, they, they've got a lot of a good experience in that squad. Uh, a mix with a nice mix of, of younger players coming through. Jordi Abba is another one who's, who's got, you know, a, a loads of experience. And then you've got some really exciting players. I mentioned earlier Doku being my. Breakthrough player, whatever you call it. I'm changing my answer. Pedro. Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> 18 old. I hope he starts. I'd imagine he will. He's just, he's already not undroppable, but, but not far off. He's got so much quality, quite versatile, can play in different systems. I'd love him. I really love him. And I think he could have a big, big tournament potentially. Um, so he, he's one of a few names, young names. Pedri, Danny Olmo, um, Eric Garcia, Ferran Torres. Fabian Ruiz, big fan of. Fabian Ruiz, big fan of, yeah. Pau Torres as well. A nice mix, but it doesn't... I think, I, think they'll, I think they'll win the group fairly easily, but I don't see them being one of the three or four big names to challenge at the, at the business end of the competition. I don't know why, but I, just, I agree with you. They're just not at that standard, I don't think. I even think Italy have got a better squad than, than Spain. This. Yeah, but I don't know. The more I look at it, the more I feel like have they got a good squad of like 10, 12 good players rather than two or three world-class players and players that are, you know, decent, but they, but I do feel like Spain might go far. 
I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> I'm going to change my mind right now. I'm just thinking, I'm looking at the players, the players you've named, I'm just thinking they might go far. Um, You're right, um, there, there isn't a weak, like, like a lot of these squads, there's sort of a weakness that jumps out, but, but here it's a, America. the quality's not evenly distributed. And also one thing I'll just mention before we move on to the, the group of death, uh, is Luis Enrique is the oh, Spain yeah. manager, has been for a couple of years now. He's, been, he's a fantastic manager. I loved him at Barca. I thought he's a class. And a lot of this will come down to the manager, I think. You know, the, the reason we're hesitant with, with Belgium, but it's perhaps that Roberto, Mar- Roberto Martinez isn't, isn't the top quality, is, is not an elite manager. Yeah, yeah. That's a very, you know, a very good point. Really, really good, point. Really, really good point. Mancini, the part of the reason I'm confident with Italy is because Mancini is a good manager. He's shown that he's going to get the best out of the squad. Yeah, same yeah. said for, for for France with Deschamps, uh, and uh, same reason that you're hesitant with, with the Netherlands. Yeah, with, yeah, with the, yeah. No, uh, I think Enrique. It's I, I I like his squad selection. I think it's interesting. Also interesting who's missed out. Uh, the likes of Sao Niguez, um and also interesting to see how Laporte does. Yes, 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 which is yes. really really interesting situation. It's gonna be weird. It's, gonna be weird. It. Yeah. it's quite rare to. It's quite rare you get your starting centre back being both left-footed. That's a, I mean that's a luxury position to be in. Mm-hmm. And, and um, Laporte, but I, I think I think under under Enrique they got a better chance than they would under under an average manager with this squad that is maybe not quite at the top level as as some of the names in Group F who we'll come on to now. I've gone, and this might be slightly controversial. I don't know. Um, Hungary bottom, obviously. I've gone Germany, which I think a lot of people will actually have done the same. I think everyone. Well, I think it's widely recognised that this Germany squad is is sort of similar to Spain's, not not quite there. They've got a few really good players, obviously, but as a squad in the whole, it's, it feels sort of again maybe slightly slightly in transition. Second, I've gone France, and top I've gone Portugal. What's your what's your order and what's your thoughts on this squad? I've got I've got Hungary, Hungary bottom, bottom obviously. obviously Germany, Germany third, third, Portugal, Portugal second, second, France first. first. Um, um, I can't argue with that. Okay, so. Why I don't think Portugal will finish first? Well, first of all, let me just start by complimenting Portugal because they've got my favourite United player in there, obviously Bruno Fernandes. He's, what can you say? I mean, there is nothing to say. I'm not going to say anything apart from that. Just they've got Bruno Fernandes. Uh, obviously, Ruben Diaz, you know, Cancelo, obviously Ronaldo. And they've got a good mix of young players as well. Uh, is it Trincao? Is Trincao in the squad? Is he Portuguese? Is he in? I don't know whether he's in. He doubt he's in the squad. Um, damn. Obviously, João Felix, I'm going to guess he's in the squad, who I do rate really highly. But I do feel like France, France's squad, with the quality they've got, and more importantly, as you mentioned before, the depth that they've got, I do feel like France will finish top and will probably go on to win the tournament. But with Germany, they do have a lot of good players. I mean, Kai Havertz, who I do rate a lot. Werner, who, as we mentioned before, is a good striker, just don't know whether he's prolific or not. You know, we've got Goretzka. Plays like that, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say France top. I'd like to, I'd like to say I'll speak about Germany quickly, you want, and then you can finish on, finish on the France squad, because uh, I, I don't know about you, but I don't know much about Hungary. Hungary. Um, I, I, the player I would, I would have spoken about would be Dominic Schwarzlie, but he's yeah, yeah I was just going to say that. The only player I really know is um, uh, Golashi, uh, yeah. keeper. Um, but Germany, it's a strong squad. It really is. Looking at it here, I, I you know. They're unlucky to be in this group. If they're in any other group, they'd likely top it. Um, but they're in, they're in with the with the two favourites, in my opinion. Um, but it's a really strong squad, and I just think it's strong, but it's not as strong as the two others above them for me. 
But, you know, you've got all the big names. You've got Neuer, you've got Hummels, you've got Kimmich, Havertz, Kroos, Nabry, Werner, uh, Sula, Neuhaus, Goretzka, Sane, Gundogan, who's had a fantastic season, Muller. It's, you know, it's a great squad. And then, then you've got some younger players coming through, like Robin Koch of, uh, of uh, Leeds, um, Robin Gorsons of Atalanta, not, not as young, but he's an interesting player. Uh, I mentioned, did I mention Neuhaus then? Uh, I think, yeah, I think so, yeah. Rumoured to go to Bayern this summer. You know, another, no surprises there. The best of the rest. Jamal Musiala, he could have a, yes. he could be another name, have a big breakout tournament. Only 18, uh, turned 18 a few months ago. So exciting to see him hopefully start quite a few games. Like I say, it's a really strong squad. Um, and Tony Rudiger as well was in there, who's had a fantastic second half of the season. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if they finished second, maybe even first. But I just don't think they're at the level of uh, of Portugal, France. And I think they're just slightly transitional. I don't, I'm, I'm not convinced with Hummels. Um, no, <laughs> I really like, I used to love him. He's used to be one of my favourite defenders. Um, but I, you know, I think maybe slightly past it. Is that, is that harsh? Yeah. I'm not sure. I just think for Portugal and France, this feels like their moment. They're both in. You know, they are the two sides that have won the last two uh, international tournaments, or you know, at least European and and the global with the World Cup and the 2016 Euros of Portugal. And obviously, that was the that was the last final, wasn't it? Yeah. And I just think both of those sides are getting better and better. Portugal, especially in the last year, just seemed to sort of almost come come out of nowhere as being such a dominant force, both players and also coaches around the world as well. They're, the sort of trend I'm seeing is that the, the elite coaches currently are German and the elite players are Portuguese. And uh, Portugal got to the final of the under-21 Euros as well. Um, I think. Is that, is that a lie? No, I think they, they did, didn't they? I think I, so. I think it was the final. Yeah, yeah I'm, sure, I'm sure it was the final. Um, so, you know, the first team is unbelievable. And, and all of the, the age groups, the under-21s, under-19s, under-17s, whatever, they're all so strong. Yeah. Portugal will be a force to reckon with this tournament and, tournament and tournaments to come in, in my opinion. Let's talk about France for a bit then, because obviously they're the reigning world champions, which is, you know, can't be understated, and they've arguably only only uh, strengthened since then. You know, Mbappe's only got better. And yeah, yeah. they brought back Karim Benzema, which is an incredible luxury to have. But... I think he's picked up an injury, so I don't know if he's going to make the. Didn't he? In the, in the fr- yeah. So, I don't know how serious it is, but either way, I think they've still got. You know, they they showed their quality without Benzema. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, let, let's um, let's talk about the Benzema. Uh, let's talk about France for a bit then. So I want to focus on defense because I'm just looking at their squad now. They've got so many good defenders. I mean, Jules Kunde and Presnel Kimpembe. I think both are going to be world class. Well, I think one of them already is world class, but you know, yeah. oh. I think Kunde. I think he already is world class. <laughs> I just think I know for his age that might be a bit controversial and a bit stupid to say because he's at Sevilla. But I've watched him, and he, my God, he's so good. How he's still at Sevilla, I don't know. Well, I don't think he'll be at Sevilla next, Sevilla next season. I really don't. no, no. I mean, United are linked, Chelsea are linked, even Arsenal have been linked with him. So I, <laughs> I don't know how, but um, I mean, obviously, yeah, you've got Varane and Kurt Zuma. I mean, Lucas Hernandez, who's at Bayern. I mean, I don't know whether he's going to start. Luca Digne, who I do rate a lot. I assume he's going to be the left-back. Either him or... Long lay as well, Benjamin, Benjamin Pavard. Pavard, the hero of the World Cup. Well, 
I just remember that brilliant goal he scored against Argentina. Because the midfielders, obviously, there are a few who I do not rate. I do not rate Thomas Lamar. He had that one season at Monaco. I don't think he's good enough. Um, I'm not sure I overly rate uh, Quarantine Tolisso either, actually. Or no, Rab- I have Rabio in that squad. Yeah, and obviously the midfield. I'm like I was watching them, and they play a diamond now. Sissoko's in the squad as well. Sissoko, Sissoko's in over in the melee. Beggars belief. Yeah, and I do feel like Talisa. You mentioned him. I do feel like he's only going to be in the squad or in the eleven just to accommodate Paul Pogba, because this happened in the World Cup. I think it was Matuidi was playing. Was it Matuidi? Somebody was playing just to accommodate Pogba so that he could be the you know the roaming midfielder. And then you look at the forwards and. You know, the Kylian Mbappe, to the surprise of no one, is probably going to be the top goal scorer. Um, ben Yedda, I do rate. Antoine Griezmann, big fan of his. Euro 2016, <laughs> he was the top goal scorer. King, King uh, Coman as well. Kings uh, and Coman. Has his injury issues, of course, but steps up when it matters. And we saw yeah. that in the uh, Champions League final two years ago. And a player that you might know a little bit about at the moment, Marcus Turam, linked with Spurs. Tell me about him. Was that I think I think Build uh, uh, reported that yesterday. Uh, only twenty three, glad back forward, pretty versatile. Can play each plays on the left, but can play centrally as well. Uh, right footed. He's a really interesting player. He's quite a unique player. Uh, I haven't pa- I haven't paired anything about him, but I've, I've seen him. I've seen yeah, him a couple yeah. of times, and uh, obviously looks into bit looks into bit a bit more yesterday. Uh, someone I've I've liked since he was at Gangle. Um, where he joined uh, Gladbach from. He's a, obviously son of uh, Lillian. Marcus Thurman, only 23. He's big. He's a, he's he a, he's he's a very big really, bloke. He's tall. He's physical. He, he's six foot four. Um, but also, he's, what, this is what's, so, this is what's so, so unique about him. He's six foot four and really physical and strong. But also has, possesses a really good pace. Um, he's quick on the turn. He's he's, he's fairly agile, um, and also he he scores a lot of goals as well. I think he's got I can't remember exactly what it is now. It's it's sort of early twenties in terms of goal contributions this season. Uh, I think there might be eleven assists and twelve goals, something like that. But maybe I think it might be. Uh... Uh, hang on. Uh, well, he's got eight goals and three assists in the Bundesliga. And two goals and two assists in the Champions League. You know he's he, he's 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 quite prolific. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. As well as as well as being, you know, he he he's a good all-round player. That's what he is. Um, it's an interesting he's made the squad. I I wouldn't have expected him to. To be, to be perfectly honest with you. No, and there's a few, and there's. I thought Kamavinga from uh, Ren or Rene, however you pronounce it. I thought he was a certainty to be in, but I'm a bit surprised he's not in. That's my what's that about? Of 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 the champs, I mean, it, it's partly that he's spoiled for choice, but I just think his selections are bizarre. He yeah, often, yeah. It, it, most most selections that he does for the last however many years he's been in charge, you know, even going back to the last Euros and for the World Cup, I just think, you know, why has he chosen that person? Yeah, like, yeah. Hussam Awar's not in the squad. And the belly, like I mentioned, not in the squad. Um, it's, it's, it's odd. Uh, Apamakana is not in the squad. Canate not yeah, in the squad. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Canate's injured. I'm not sure. If he usually is, but um, I don't know. His selections are bizarre, but he's he sort of gets away with it because the because the options available are all so strong. 
just insane strength and depth. France are going to go far, even if he chooses, even if he makes his weird decision. Yeah, let's quickly say, here's my third place qualifiers, by the way, my top four, going off okay, okay. who I've, this is going off who I've put down uh, in third in the group. So I've said Germany, I think would definitely be in, be in those, if they do finish third, would definitely be in those uh, third place qualifiers. Austria as well, because I said they finished third in Group A, uh, not Group A, um, Group C, sorry. Turkey in Group A, uh, I think will make it through, and Poland as well. That they're my four third place qualifiers. Uh, my four is Poland, 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 Ukraine, Scotland, and Sweden. I'm gonna go for. It's all about. Um, I think. I think the way it's calculated is, is how many points that team in third place picks up. So it sort of reflects more how weak the fourth place team is. Um, yeah. yeah. With Hungary fourth. That's why I've got Austria and North Macedonia fourth. Uh, maybe Russia. I probably should say Russia with Finland fourth. But that, you know, that, that would be a decent shout. Um, I'll quickly say uh, how I've, again, going off the uh, the UEFA game, I'll quickly say how I've, how I've, how I've seen it, how I see it map out. So, so the round of 16 t- matches I've got here are Belgium, Poland. I'd say Belgium win. Italy, Ukraine. I say Italy. Portugal, Turkey, Portugal. England, Sweden, England. Spain, Austria, Spain, Croatia, France, France, Netherlands, Germany. I've said Netherlands go through. (laughs) Denmark, which means you then got quarters of Denmark, Netherlands, and I've gone for Netherlands. Uh, France, Spain, on France, Portugal, England. Sadly, I've gone Portugal. (laughs) Italy, Belgium, I've gone Italy, which means semi-finals in Italy, Portugal. France, Netherlands, and I've said France will beat Netherlands and Portugal will beat Italy, which means the final is Portugal, France. And who, who's, who's going to win? We'll come on to that in a bit. Who, have you have you done a similar thing here, or is is, that, is this not possible for you to say? I may have I may have forgotten to do it. <laughs> let's let's just jump to who you think the semi-finals, semi-finalists, and final will be. Uh, France, Portugal, Spain. Who misses out? It is a bit difficult, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think so. It just seems it just seems logical, really. And the best, the best, they are the best two sides, in my opinion, in the tournament. So I just feel like it's the easiest guess, really. Really. And who's your winner? France, just on penalties. Wow, that'd be exciting, wouldn't it? I've I've actually said France as well, but I I'm I'm going to disagree with myself and go Portugal partly to make it interesting because we have different answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what is interesting is that that's a repeat of the 2016 final, and it's it's insane how both of the squads have changed so much since yeah, then. Yeah, but it, it just reflects the quality of the uh, of the nations, I guess. You know, the fact that in, even five years down the line, they're both 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 the favourites. So top goal scorer. Harry Kane, to be boring, yeah. Even if England get knocked out early doors, I don't know. It's just if they get to the knockouts, because then they'll play four games, right? So if they get to the knockouts, yeah, no, probably not, right? Okay, either, yeah, either either Kane or Mbappe. I just don't really see a shock there, to be honest. Who are yours? Ooh. That's a good shout, actually. I kind of forgot about it. Draw's quite nice. Well, actually, that 
in my in my draw list here, the, the Belgium Italy quarterfinals interesting because I think that also sort of decides who top goes through there in the semi finals. What I'm saying is either Lukaku or Immobile. I think with yeah. Portugal, I would. I think Portugal, like I say, are my winners, but I, I think the goals are quite evenly spread. I don't think Ronaldo is going to score loads of goals. I'm sure they'll no. have a good tournament. Andre Silva could be an outside shout to get Golden Boot. You know, player who's scored for fun in the this season really really underrated season um even if some of them are penalties and actually the same the same can be said for mobile penalties but i yeah you never andre, andre silver is my outside shot golden boot i'm going either mobile or lukaku uh we've we've sort of said our young players so yeah yeah i'm sort of saying either doku or pedri and you're saying gravenberg is that right yeah gravenberg yeah or or uh alexander isaac either of the two yeah and uh keeper Golden gloves? Should we do that? Best player? Best, best, best player, player will be... Paul Pogba. I'm going to be a shock. A shock. I, th- I, I, watched, I him, watched him... Was it last, last night or the night before? He was brilliant. He was brilliant. Uh, uh, I think he I think could be an outside. Somebody, somebody from France, France whether, whether it's Mbappe or whether, whether it's Pogba. Pogba. Um, um, or maybe, or Bruno. maybe Bruno. I don't I don't like him, but I think Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, golden glove for you then? Hmm. Donnarumma. I was going to say that either Donnarumma or yeah, Donnarumma or Lloris. Really. There you go. That that's who you don't need, you don't need to watch it now. We've we've, we've covered it for you. <laughs> Done it all. Nobody watch the tournament. Just watch this. Nobody watch it. Just listen to this, and that's it's basically it's done for you. Yeah, I think we've covered every possible scenario. <laughs> so thank you for watching. This very long episode, probably the longest out of the three. Um, so thank you for watching for that. Uh, we're very excited for the Euros. Both can't wait. Um, we hope everyone enjoys the Euros, and we hope that our predictions turn out to be correct. But we're going to be back soon with another episode, which is going to be more transfer-related. But you'll see that probably soon after this episode comes out. But yeah, th- thank you for watching. From me, Sean Webley, and my friend... Lee Spencer, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. See you in the next episode.